5. We'll begin reading in verse 1 in just a few moments. It's good to see everybody here tonight. We have a great crowd for a Sunday evening, and I am just personally glad to see everyone here and hope that our singing has been encouraging to you, and most importantly, that it, it has been praise to God, and that we have done so, so enthusiastically and so meaningfully. And I really appreciate that. I'm very encouraged by our worship so far this evening. John says in 8, John chapter 8 and verse 32, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I wonder how Naaman felt in 2 Kings chapter 5 when Naaman learned a little bit about truth. Begin reading with me in verse 1. It says, Now Naaman, captain of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and highly respected because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. The man was also a valiant warrior, but he was a leper. Now the Syrians had gone out in bands and had taken captive a little girl from the land of Israel, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said to her mistress, I wish that my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, that he would cure him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus spoke the girl who is from the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand shekels of gold and ten changes of clothes. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, And now as this letter comes to you, behold, I have sent Naaman, my servant, to you, that you may cure him of his leprosy. And it came about when the king of Israel read the letter, that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man is sending word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? But consider now and see how he is asking a quarrel against me. And it happened when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent word to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Now let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and his chariots, and stood at the doorway of the house of Elisha, and Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman was furious, and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, and wave his hand over the place, and cure the leper. Are not Abana and Pharpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Then his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, had the prophet told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then, when he says to you, Wash and be clean. So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. When he returned to the man of God with all his company, and came and stood before him, he said, Behold now, I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel, so please take a present from your servant now. But he said, As the Lord is, before whom I stand, I will take nothing. And he urged him not to take it, but he refused. And Naaman said, If not, please let your servant at least be given two mules load of earth, for your servant will no more offer burnt offerings, nor will he sacrifice to other gods, but to the Lord. No matter how hard you try, no matter how hard Naaman tried in this case, truth is always truth. 
And there's nothing we can do about it to change what is true, what is right, what is holy, what God's Word said, or what, in Naaman's case, God's prophet had told him. Truth is always truth. Truth is always truth, number one, even if you don't like the messenger. Look in verse 10, and, uh, verse 10 there. He says, And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman was furious and went away. Naaman was furious. He couldn't stand the fact that Elijah didn't send, it didn't come himself. He sent a messenger. Naaman didn't like that messenger. He wasn't glad to see that messenger. He wanted to see Elisha there. He wanted to see the prophet of God there. He wanted to see something greater than this little messenger, this little servant coming in here to tell him what to do to be healed of his leprosy. He wanted to see something totally different. He wanted to see the man himself, the prophet himself. How many times do people reject the truth because of the messenger? How many times have you rejected the truth because of the messenger? Brothers and sisters in Christ, truth is truth, even if you don't like the messenger. I think Naaman learned that in this case. Number two, truth is always truth, even if you don't like the message. Look at verse 11. He said, Naaman was furious and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call in the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. The message was this, go and wash in verse 10 in the Jordan seven times. But he didn't like that message. He didn't like that message. What did he do? He tried to find a better way. I'll never forget in my life the experience that happened my third year down in Tampa, Florida at Florida College. I was in a position there where I was doing a lot of preaching at several places, and I was asked, I was studying with, with a friend of mine about divorce and remarriage. And I was kind of perplexed at why they wanted to study this. We're young, we did, at the time, you know, we're young, we didn't know, uh, uh, it really didn't apply to us, nobody was married, and uh, so I was really perplexed at why I wanted to study this. And I... I worshipped, and the congregation got upset and wanted to talk, and they and so they invited. I learned I learned a lot of valuable lessons, but the one thing I learned came at the very end of this conversation. I finally got tired of listening because I was so sick of the perverted. Uh, the perverted uh, way that they had looked at this verse. The perverted way at which they let this verse fit their lifestyle and fit their life. And so I stopped. And I started talking about the Scriptures, and this other preacher had interjected some thoughts as well. And I'll never forget what the lady said next. She said, Wiley, I hope this never happens to you, but one day when this situation, if this situation in life ever happens to you and your situation in life changes, you'll feel the same way I do. In other words, if my situation in life changes, automatically the Bible changes, and what I say, or, or what, and what the Bible says, uh, is, is, is totally neglected compared to what I say. What I say is more important than what God says. 
That's a problem, brothers and sisters, with that Christian. And I felt so sorry for her and her situation. But it didn't change the fact that truth is truth, even if you don't like the message. How many times have we our toes been stepped on by preachers in the pulpit? I can tell you, the preachers are not aiming for our toes. As I said this morning, they're aiming for our hearts. And brothers and sisters, never feel like your toes got stepped on because I hope and pray that your heart gets forever, and those, those, those thoughts get forever impressed upon your heart and your heart gets pricked by the things that are said. I don't ever want you to feel like your toes are stepped on. Because when we stand up here, we're not aiming for your toes, we're aiming for your heart. Truth is truth, even if you don't like the message. The third thing Naaman realizes is that truth is truth even when you think you have a better way. Look at verse 12. He says, Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Here he is offering another, another excuse, another way, a better way. How many times do brothers and sisters in Christ or, or people who are not Christians try to find a better way? Have you ever studied the different religions that are out in the world today, the different denominations, the different sects of religion that are out there? It's all because people feel like they've got a better way. Even among our brotherhood, even among the church of Christ universal, it is so sad to see how people have perverted the gospel and perverted worship and perverted the acts of worship that they do because they feel they've got a better way. Naaman showed a little bit of arrogance here. Here he is. I'm the captain of the army of the king of Syria. I am the man. Don't tell me to go dip in this dirty, nasty river. Let me go to a better river. Let me uh, be, the, be the creator of my destiny. Let me find the answer to this. Brothers and sisters, truth is always truth. Even if we find, even if we think we have a better way. And there's no way around it. Truth is a powerful force when it's obeyed. Look at what happened in verse 14. So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan according to the word of man, of the man of God, and his flesh was restored. He dipped seven times in the Jordan, and his flesh was restored. What do you think he was thinking at that point? Picture yourself in Naaman's mind. What in the world do you think he was thinking? Do you think for one second he came off of his high and he realized where he stood with God? I do. Here he is, the king of the arm, uh, the captain of the army of the king of Syria, a great man with his master and highly respected. Here he is, a man that is a high prestige. He, he, is, he is esteemed very highly. And he knows it. And then all of a sudden, he goes and does the humble thing that the word from the, from the messenger of Elisha told him to do. And he is cleansed. Truth is powerful 
when it is obeyed. Eric Crump is someone you don't know. Eric Crump visited the College Place Church, or I'm sorry, the Case and Lane Church of Christ in Murfreesboro one Sunday morning with his girlfriend, Jenny Lynn Wilson. Eric had always hated the quote-unquote Church of Christ. Couldn't stand it. And, but he came and he, he worshipped there and, and he went through the worship and as the preacher got up and preached the pulpit, he thought he had seen a ghost. Because he thought for sure he was looking at Bill Deason who had died two years earlier. What he was looking at was Jim Deason, his brother, my father. And there was a Bible class that was announced that day for the college students, and Eric decided to go with Jenny Lynn after hearing, hearing the gospel preached that day. And the topic was instrumental music. Eric and his family have always been members of the Baptist Church. They're from Jasper, Alabama, where my father grew up. Two names of Jasper you'll, you'll remember because there's a lot of Deasons and there's a lot of Crumps. As you go down the interstate, down I-65, you'll start seeing the Crumps own a lot of auto sales places. They own a couple of Chevy dealerships and all the dealerships down in Jasper. And I'll never forget my dad calling me that night and telling me what had happened. He said, well, you'll never believe this. And he told me who Eric was. And they had talked about instrumental music. And as my dad went up the steps of our house to go to his office, after the class was over to put up some books, he was cornered by Eric. And Eric said, Mr. Deason, we have to talk. And that night they studied. And they studied. And Eric, as stubborn as he was, he had to go another week and another week, but he was finally brought to Christ. It is amazing how the power of God works. And that's not all. Six months later, Eric Crump preached his first sermon. And now Eric's living in Gainesville, Florida, working with a, young, a small congregation as he is a pilot, an airplane pilot now. And he's preaching the gospel. He's helping save souls. He's helping teach the lost. He's helping encourage saints. The truth is so powerful when it is obeyed. It amazes me. How someone like Eric Crump, who never once in his life thought he would become a member of what now he considers God's people, it just amazes me. Brothers and sisters, the same is for us, too. Truth, when it is obeyed, has amazing results. No matter how hard it is, it is. If you will, turn with me to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. In verse 34, Jesus says, Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be the members of his household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life shall lose it, and he who has lost his life for my sake shall find it. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. 
And he, re- he receives a righteous man. In the name of a righteous man, to receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever in the name of his disciple gives to one of these little ones, even a, drink, a, even a cup of cold water to drink, truly I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. Jesus says, I'm here to set you against your family. As if it requires you obeying your family over me. If it requires you going with your family over me, Jesus says, let that division take place. Let it rip. Because I am God and they are not. It's a hard thing to do. But the reward is so worth it. The reward is worth it. Naaman learned that lesson. He learned that lesson. It took him a little while, but he learned that lesson. And finally, the truth has to be recognized and is only recognized by an honest heart. Every time we go and teach the gospel, every time we bring up something in Bible class, there's going to be someone, not everybody's always going to receive that. But never fear. Because the truth is always recognized by those people with an honest heart who are honest with themselves and who are honest with what the Scriptures say. Naaman was an honest heart. He became that way. He recognized the truth. And if you see his result here, he says that after he tries to give um, the messenger uh, uh, gifts right there for Elisha, he says, um, and Naaman said in verse 17, if not, please let your servant at least be given two mules out of earth, for your servant will no more offer burnt offerings, nor will he sacrifice other gods, but to the Lord. In other words, he's done with all these gods. He is going to serve the Lord our God. The truth is always recognized by an honest heart. Now here's your job. Here's my job. It's not to judge the hearts of those people. It's to sow the seed. It's to teach the lost. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That is our commission, brothers and sisters in Christ. And as long as we are sowing that seed, we will grow. As long as we are united in that purpose, we will grow. As long as we trust in the Lord, we will grow. Proverbs chapter 3. My son, do not forget my teachings. But let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, Naaman. Fear the Lord 
and turn away from evil, for it will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. 